Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is VSIN Tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is our VSIN late night, VSIN after dark, whatever we want to call it. We're at a new time. Uh, so, those of you on the West Coast, you're winding down with us. Those of you on the East Coast, by the way, uh, 4 to 7 Eastern, you are getting uh, this program uh, leading into Follow the Money tomorrow, where my usual co-host, Matt Humans will be. He'll be along with uh, Super Dave Ross uh, doing Follow the Money for Mitch and Paul. I believe they'll be back on Wednesday. But meanwhile, Will Hill is pulling uh, overnights with us here, uh, 11 to 2 on the East Coast. Will, uh, appreciate you uh, being along for the ride for the next three hours. As uh, This show, by the way, Going to be a little different than what you might be used to at VSIN tonight. We're still going to break down all the on NBA and all, all the sport betting action, but a lot less in terms of in-game or in-play. So if there's still some games in progress, which there are, we will update you with those after the game and then get you recaps on those. So, uh, uh, Will, uh, on this President's Day, what action did you have? I uh, it was a it's a light day. Um, I, we were just talking off the air that I don't I don't bet NASCAR. I don't follow, but I did take a stab on one guy, one Mister Alex Bowman at thirty five to one. Who I know caused quite a stir. I don't get your thoughts on this. Uh, you know how ethical that is. What were the unwritten rules of what he did causing that accident? But he finished second. I guess he was close to winning. I actually didn't see the finish, so close, but no cigar for your boy. Uh, and I do have Iowa State here plus the nine and a half. We're looking at a five-point game with about five and change left. This game, I think, started a little late, so yeah, going a little later. These games, boy, the, the college has a pace of play problem. Game's not starting on time. Two uh, two one. and a half hour window or two hour windows are not enough. Will. Not enough. Uh, nope, they, not yeah, enough. they're gonna have to like start, you know, six thirty Eastern and nine Eastern if if they want to get these games done in time. So uh, yeah, I, I I have Houston just to win here to close out a money line parlay. So a lot of room for us to get both uh, yes. of us to get home here in this uh, number six versus number two battle. But back to the Daytona 500. Uh, 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 Rick Hendrick, his team, 40-year anniversary, by the way, since they debuted at the Daytona 500. And a Hendrick driver does get home. Not the one you wanted with Alex Bowman, but William Byron 
gets home. I actually had the other Hendrick drivers that finished down the board, Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott. But yeah, you saw uh, uh, it, it went late and then uh, Alex Bowman, uh, you know, or Byron rather, they kind of caused that a little bit. And then Ross Chastain and Austin Sindrick, who were running three and four, Sindrick, a former Daytona 500 winner a couple of years ago, and they got into the crash and it was a, just a two car incident at the end. The big one happened with eight laps to go. And took out uh, about half the field, or at least, you know, ended their chances if it didn't end their race altogether. So, like you mentioned, William Byron, the 24 card, the winner of the race, he was about 18 to 1, 20 to 1. I think I saw him in the market. Alex Bowman, second. So, Hendrick won two. The 24 and the 48 were used to them being at the top in NASCAR. That was, of course, uh, Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson uh, for many years, those driver car combinations. Christopher Bell, third. Corey LaJoy, nice finish in fourth. Bubba Wallace, fifth. A.J. Allmendinger, sixth. John Hunter Nemechek, seventh. Eric Jones, Noah Gragson, and Chase Briscoe round out the top ten. So, yet again, the poll winner does not win the Daytona 500. Hadn't happened since uh, Dale Jarrett in the 90s. So, Joey Logano, who was uh, caught up in that big wreck, I believe he ended up finishing uh, uh, well down in the pack in 30 seconds. So, the Great American Race... Finally got in. They're actually still racing right now at the Xfinity race, which is the, kind of the feeder series into the major cup series. So that is still going on in Daytona. So they're finally going to get these races in. They were supposed to be gotten in on Saturday and Sunday, respectively, but uh, respectively, I should say. But finally done uh, is uh, the Daytona 500 here in about an hour. But uh, what also was done over the weekend, and Will, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, NBA All-Star Weekend in uh, my hometown of Indianapolis, Indiana, where uh, Charles Barkley had to defend the honor of our city against Draymond Green, uh, who was uh, uh, upset about the cold weather. By, by, by the way, it was pretty damn cold. I talked to some friends that were volunteers and work in the game, some of my old friends at Pacer Sports and Entertainment. It was like 12 degrees, so it was pretty cold. Uh, so uh, uh, there you see my tweet, though, Will. In terms of the actual game, look, I like the All-Star Weekend, and I'm glad my city put on a good event along with Pacer Sports and Entertainment, but... The game last night, Will, uh, tough watch. Not the all-star games that I think you and I grew up on where it's like, okay, they put on a show for three quarters, then they'd D up in the fourth. It's like, we really want to win. So I said, last, if this wasn't an indie, I'd have no interest in the game. Did you have any interest in the game last night? I did not. It was The only interest I had was from uh, just tracking the line movement. It was interesting. Circle open 368 and a half. D, uh, DraftKings open 362 and a half. So right away, like I wouldn't usually pay too much attention to it otherwise, but boy, I was like, that's interesting. I wonder what's going on. And then it just lines started to tick down, tick down. It closed 352, 353 in some spots, trying to figure out what happened. You know, what the reason was I was on Lombardi line Sunday and my theory was, and I think this was a big part of it. Adam Silver said at his press conference the day before the All-Star game, hey, we all know this game has has been a joke the last few years, hasn't been competitive. I'm paraphrasing, but we're all on the same page here. We want a more competitive game, and hopefully we'll get that tomorrow. And this is just a reflection of the current NBA where that was not the case. The players didn't care. The players didn't take it seriously, a lot like the regular season. It's tough when you have a sport where the preseason doesn't matter. Okay, the regular season, well, that doesn't really matter either. Well, we're not going to take the All-Star game seriously. It'll be a playoff sport. That's tough. Um, I don't don't know what the solution is going forward. The game was unwatchable. I, I didn't get into the entire weekend. That Friday night game, it used to just be the rookie sophomore game. They have these little... Like a quarter, a semifinal with yeah, the G League team, team Jalen against somebody. Well, I, I was can't get confused. into it. Can't get into it. 
the dunk con- uh, you know, the dunk contest is, is completely, you know, with the all-star game where it was so much better, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, even 10, 15 years ago, three point shooter shootout is watchable. I, I can't get into Curry against, you know, a UNESCO from the WNBA. So I, to me, the dunk contest is the one thing that's fixable. To me, you cancel it, you get rid of it, and then maybe five years from now you bring it back because people like to be nostalgic. People like to – people want what they can't have. So maybe if you get rid of it and you bring it back in three years, five years, something like that, maybe it's salvageable. The All-Star game, I don't know what the solution is. I mean, it's been thrown out there, hey, play the world versus the USA. Maybe that gets them to try. I know people have thrown out the idea of like what the, the Major League Baseball All-Star game used to be where – you you make games you make a home field advantage home court advantage for the NBA Finals at stake. I don't know if the players are agree to that. That would put some juice into the game. I don't know if you have any thoughts. It's bad. It's been bad for a while. It's getting worse. The players just don't seem to care. Uh, Scott Van Pelt had a great tweet. It's he said it's simple. If you don't care, neither do we. And that's kind of where right. I'm at with. Yeah, Will, uh, yeah, there were 168 combined three-point attempts uh, taken last night. Uh, in the first All-Star game in 1953, there are 154 combined points. I know the game evolves, and it's, you know, three in rim rate, but, yeah, guys just didn't seem to have an interest in uh, playing defense. Uh, Damian Lillard certainly was, uh, was, was being a chucker last night. It was Dame time. It was Chuck time because he was taking all the shots, so... Uh, uh, I was hoping uh, hometown boy Tyrese Halliburton would get the MVP. Uh, uh, Damian Lillard, uh, 39 points, but I think he had to take about 27 or 28 shots to get there. So, yeah, I don't know what's fixable with the game. I think what could be fixable in the dunk contest is if you actually had a full field and actually had superstars in the dunk contest. Because, actually, last time the All-Star game was in Indy and they had the All-Star weekend, I was there, actually, as a young boy, 1985. And that dunk contest was Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, Dr. J, Clyde Drexler, Daryl Griffith, Larry Nance, Terrence Stansberry, the hometown pacer, and I believe I had one other whose name escapes me at the moment. But you actually had stars, and you had young stars too. So it'd be nice if, like, Ant Edwards were in it or Shea Gilgis-Alexander or somebody like that to really get a little bit more interest in it. But... I thought the three-point was good. The skills challenge was good. The crowd was going bananas for the uh, Pacer team of uh, Benedict Mather and Miles Turner and Tyrese Halliburton, who won the uh, skills challenge. So I thought Indianapolis, as they usually do on big events, uh, did a great job. But it is it has become a little bit anticlimactic, and they, they, they got to do something, I, I think, with this. They tried to do that, I think, with the Steph against Sabrina, which I thought was cool. In, in theory, and look, it might be Steph against Caitlin Clark next year for for all we know, uh, but uh, who just uh, broke the uh, all-time scoring record in uh, women's college basketball, at least for the NCAA, uh, last Thursday, and uh, going to try to add to it uh, here later this week. But, yeah, well, I don't, I don't know what to do with it. So uh, NBA All-Star break still going on, though. We do not have action until Thursday, but uh, – we had a lot of college basketball action. Uh, what's just, just go ahead? Qu- well, quickly on the dunks. Yeah, just quickly on the dunks. Like I, I agree, you got to put the stars in. The stars don't want to do it because I don't know if they if they look bad if they don't come up with anything clever, then you know they get roasted on social media. I guess that that there's no win in it for them. And that's the thing. Like eventually, you have. I mean, how long has the dunk dunk contest been around? It's been around what four four or five decades. Eventually, like there's only so many variations of dunks you can do. There's mm-hmm. only so many variations. Like the human body can do. Eventually, you just kind of run out of ideas. It's like a show that doesn't have any new ideas. I'm starting to catch up on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Unfortunately, there's some <laughs> parallels between Curb Your Enthusiasm and the dunk contest. I think they just run out of ideas. I mean, what what can you do? You go behind the head, you dunk over people, you you know, blindfold, 
uh, you know, jump over cars. Eventually, like, there's only so many ways a human can dunk a basketball. I think that's a problem, too. I mean, unless you bring some kind of prop or gimmickry or something into it, I don't know what to do. But uh, uh, just less than a minute to go, of course, we had big college basketball weekend, and now everybody's into college basketball, football being over. What stood out to you over the weekend, any particular game? UConn, just the dominance. Not only UConn making a statement, but Purdue making a statement uh, the opposite way, where I think we all kind of agreed UConn's probably the best team, but I, I think Saturday into Sunday was eye-opening that uh, maybe UConn's the best team by a mile. We saw them get bet down. There were still some plus 650s at Circus Sunday night. I was able to, in theory, grab some of that uh, by, by texting someone. I think that's down to like 5-1. to one. Can't go much lower than that in a format where it's single elimination. But to me, UConn just burying Marquette, a Marquette team I was on Saturday, that's the story. We might be looking at a back-to-back champ here. Yeah, look, they look like, I think, a number one team right now. Uh, I don't know if they're totally dominant, but they're playing dominant. And we're going to talk about UConn later in the show. They got a big one tomorrow against another team that's pretty hot right now. They go on the road to Omaha to play the Creighton Blue Jays. UConn laying about three in uh, most of the market. So we'll break down that game. And we'll break down college basketball here on the other side. This is VSIN tonight on VSIN, the Sport Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is VSIN Tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball and who isn't, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. Visit vsin.com slash pro to subscribe today. That's vsin.com slash pro. Back here on VSIN tonight, Wes Reynolds and Will Hill. Uh, VSIN tonight, VSIN after dark, whatever we're going to call it. Uh, we're going to be breaking down sports betting uh, from all angles. And I know, Will, uh, next hour we're going to get to some of the featured games uh, on this Tuesday card. Got some very good matchups. Uh, Monday night always usually kind of a small slate, especially on a holiday. But got a lot of good matchups tomorrow. But uh, for, for this segment, let's just kind of do an overview a little bit uh, you know we saw a lot of the upsets and and we've been seeing them pretty frequently we saw Purdue of course get upset on the road at Ohio State that first game uh, after Chris Holtman was, was uh, let go Jake Diebler the interim coach right now in Columbus 1-0 as the interim as they knock off number two Purdue 73-69 LSU beat South Carolina who had that long winning streak then they got boat raced by Auburn and then LSU gets them you know sometimes when you lo- have a long losing streak you lose the next one. You lose two games in one, and that certainly happened to the Gamecocks. Kentucky beat Auburn. Iowa upsets Wisconsin uh, at home. Uh, uh, small home underdog, I believe, at the close. But, uh, you know, just kind of looking uh, right now, Will, uh, I don't know if you have a top four. We know who your number one is, and you can expand upon that uh, if you so choose here with uh, Connecticut. And I think that they're the clear number one as well, just the way – they took apart a really good Marquette team who who was playing as hot as anybody who had that big deficit to St. John's, came back, of course, uh, St. John's. Uh, we heard Coach Petito's comments last night about the state of that team. So I think we both agree Connecticut number one. Uh, who's your uh, your next three, if you will, right now? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to put Houston in there. I would put Arizona, and you still have to include Purdue, all who I don't trust, I think, Boy, the rest of the team's okay outside of Edie. I think Edie, he can be a little soft at times. He can be a little shaky from the foul line. You know, sometimes he, he gets in those ruts where he doesn't hit his free throws. So and I don't I don't love Painter as a coach. Uh, I think they have a lot of questions to answer. They need to get to a Final Four. I mean, if they don't win it, if they lose to UConn in the Final Four or the championship, you know what? Good year, Final Four. Like, can't really kill them. But if they fall short of a Final Four again with this team uh, after what happened last year, after what happened in recent years, that would be a bad look. Not that they're going to let him go or anything, but – uh, that, to me, it's still UConn, Purdue, Houston, Arizona. I don't think there's like I, I think Houston. Uh, and I'm curious what you think. I think UConn is the clear-cut team. Uh, it's hard to argue they're not the best team right now. Outside of that, I think these teams really kind of run together. And you use the term draw-dependent. I think once you get to the tournament, it's very draw-dependent because I don't. I, I, you know, I think that it's it's just I don't, I don't know. You take it from here where. Uh, outside of UConn, who's number one, these teams like like again Houston, Purdue, Arizona, th- they seem kind of, of interchangeable, teams. even though yeah, they have they various really styles. They really do. Yeah, um, and, and again, Houston's Houston's got their questions answered too. I mean, we talked about Miami. I don't forget if this was on the year or off the year, but like Miami just buried Houston in the final in, in the what was it the Sweet Sixteen last year. These teams all have questions to answer. Arizona losing to Princeton the way they did. You have some questions about Lloyd, so. Uh, it, it depends on the night. It depends on the draw. It, it should make for an interesting tournament. Uh, I'm curious. Do you disagree with any of those four? Is there anyone you'd leave out or put in? No, uh, one one that I might consider, but, you know, you think about last year and, and what happened to this team uh, who, look, who looked like an absolute wagon and uh, 
uh, earned a uh, number one seed, won, uh, won two games pretty easily, and then they just had an awful shooting night in the Sweet 16, and that was against San Diego State. Yeah. And that is the Alabama Crimson Tide, who I think are a less talented team. Uh, than they than they than they were last year. Of course, they had the number two pick in the draft, and Brandon Miller, Noah Clowney was a first rounder. Javon Quinterly uh, has has had now transferred out of the program. Uh, uh, Betty Ako. So they lost like like four starters uh, from last year. The only kid they brought back is Sears. But uh, I, I found it interesting. Well, it was their game against Texas A and M on Saturday, where they won one hundred to seventy five. I don't know if you saw the little like shot chart. This is the new age of college basketball, man. I wish I had rim a picture three, of it. Rim and three. Yeah, yeah, rim and three. Like, there was maybe one mid-range shot. It's like, that kid's probably sitting on the bench for taking that shot. They're number one in adjusted offensive efficiency, fourth in effective field goal percentage. They shoot the ball well. Uh, Sears, Aaron Estrada, the Hartford, uh, the, uh, or excuse me, Hofstra transfer. Grant Nelson, uh, the big guy from North Dakota State. This team seems less talented, but they seem a little bit more connected, but... That's the thing about March, man. You get variance, and you get a team that's all of a sudden rolling. They have one bad shooting night, man. It's not a round robin, and and you're donezo. So I think, but Alabama has impressed me because Matt Matt Humans and I talk about this team all the time. Nate Oates probably overscheduled a little bit in November, December, uh, having to play. They played that uh, little two day tournament down in Florida. Then they had to go play Purdue in Toronto. Then they went on the road to play Creighton in a true road game. Then a few days later, they had to go to uh, Arizona, played them in Phoenix, but still, you know, more of a road game and lost all three of those games and and really overscheduled. But all of a sudden, this team has got it going. So, you know, they they, they can get hot, though. But if, if they have one bad night, they could certainly be out. So, Will, when you're looking, look, uh, national title futures, obviously, the teams that are playing the best right now, their prices are beaten into place. UConn at five to one, Purdue at seven to one, uh, and and so on and so forth. Uh, anybody maybe a little bit down the board at at twenty to one? Uh, if we got that graphic back of the uh, national championship odds, any anybody kind of a little bit down the board that you say, you know what, this team can make a run. And I know that there are tons of them because it seems like there's about twenty or twenty five teams that could make the final four realistically. Does the Kentucky little resurgence here defensively do anything for you? Not only winning in Auburn, shutting them down, holding them in the 50s. And um, I think they, they won both halves. They actually money lined won the second half, which usually when you're a big favorite, when you're a big underdog, you're up at the half. There's usually that comeback. They actually won the second half too. Um, and, and they defended a, a week or so ago against Old Miss after a bad loss against Gonzaga. They have the talent. They have the NBA guys. You, you always look, I've always thought, I've always, you know, been, been taught, been told, you need one or two NBA guys to win this thing, and they certainly have the NBA talent. I mean, it's just the problem with them is consistency, and you got to win six of these things to cut down the nets. Can they put together six good games? I'm not sure. Uh, but Kentucky's a team that's, that's at least on my radar. I started to wonder last week when they had that loss to Gonzaga. Has maybe it ran? Has it run its course maybe with Calipari at Kentucky, where he's been there 15 years? They haven't been to a Final Four in almost a decade, haven't been to a Sweet 16 in five years, which – for Kentucky, for all the players they have, five years without a Sweet 16 is an eternity. He's 65. We've seen, you know, Jay Wright, uh, Coach K. We've seen Saban hang it up with these new NIL rules and the transfer portal. That maybe it's time they go their separate ways and they turn around and they play two good games. Uh, it was just something that was on my mind. Speaking of Gonzaga, Gonzaga is a team, I think they're up to the 20th in Ken Palm, and it's weird to see them. They are right on the bubble. Their last team in or last team out, according to Joe Lunardi, who's usually pretty good with this stuff. 
Um, it's, it's weird to call them a sleeper, but when you're the last team in and you're going to be on that maybe you know 11, 12 line, I guess you can call them a sleeper. Um, New Mexico is a team I like. Now they play really well at home, uh, and at ninety to one, um, you know they're, they're a long shot. Where look, you don't get to play at home in the tournament, but you don't play road games either. Which it's always interesting with these teams that are very good at home, but they're bad on the road because all these games are neutral in the NCAA, in the NCAA, so fall somewhere in between. Um, do any of those three I threw at you make any sense? Are there any that you would add to that to that mix? Well, I think if Kentucky at twenty five to one, and and that's obviously for the national title, and uh, you know different odds to make the Final Four. But now might be if you're going to grab them. I feel like this could be the bottom of the market because remember yes. they got hot and then they got into like the teens, and then all of a sudden they lose those three games at home. I don't know if this is you know once once and then twice is a coincidence. A third time for Kentucky showing that defense might be a pattern. There you see Kentucky six to one to make the final four because, Will, this might be the best offensive team that Cal has had, I think, since the AD year where they won it all. And and they've got a lot of talent. Now, they don't have as dominant of a big guy as AD. Uh, Bradshaw, you know, kind of like shoot threes and a little bit more of a rim protector. But Dillingham... Uh, DJ Wagner, Reeves is a veteran, a senior, part of that uh, tournament team last year. And then Reed Shepard, the son of former Kentucky Wildcat Jeff Shepard, who's mocked in the first round, is a hell of a shooter. So this team can score points. So Kentucky would certainly be a team uh, that I would uh, definitely look at at 25 to 1. But uh, we'll be searching. By the uh, way, yeah. Houston, Houston wins by eight. And another reminder and get the best of the number because there were nine and a half, nines all days, eight and a half. I think this closed eight in some spots. I don't know if it got to seven and a half, so it lands right on eight. So the good numbers get home there with Houston. Yeah, I was going to update that here before we hit the break. Uh, Iowa State does not foul with about a little less than 20 seconds left to go. They were Bless down their eight. Heart. So uh, TJ Otzelberger looking out for Will Hill and uh, and the Cyclone backers out there. But Houston does get the win, 73 to 65, and what I think has been really the clear-cut best conference in all college basketball, and that's the Big 12. You may get nine teams. So Houston right now, that was actually the battle for first place. Cougars and Kelvin Sampson now 10-3. and three. Iowa State falls to 9-4. and A uh, couple big Big 12 matchups we're going to get to later in the show, and we will preview tomorrow. But on the other side, it's the association. It's the all-star break. So now's the time to look ahead to the last 25 games of the season. Keep it here on VSIN tonight. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. We know you've been busy with football, which is why the VSIN experts have just released our free NBA at the break betting primer. Get the free guide today and bet the NBA smarter with futures bets to make right now. Eastern and Western Conference analysis plus betting tips for the rest of the season. Visit vsin.com slash guide to get your free copy today. That's vsin.com slash guide. And like we just said, absolutely free. We, we're back here on Visa tonight, Wes Reynolds and Will Hill. And, uh, Will, let's uh, continue with that theme uh, with the NBA. And I wanted to tease this before the break uh, in the uh, Western Conference, and we can start there. Two teams at the top that we're not used to seeing at the top. These two young upstarts, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thunder a game and a half back at the top of the Western Conference. So we know that they're going to be tryhards. These are teams that 
have don't have a lot of playoff experience, but they do have young superstars. Uh, of course, the Ant-Man and Edwards uh, up there in Minnesota, SGA, Shea Gill, just Alexander in Oklahoma City, Chet Holmgren uh, in his rookie season, even though it's his second season in the NBA, he, of course, missed uh, all of last year with an injury. But they're hanging right now at the top, and they're going to keep trying, I think, to get that home court throughout. But, Will, do you think that they are going to hang on uh, here, uh, or are the Clippers just too much of a juggernaut right now and o- soon to overtake them? Yeah, you're always one tweet away. You're always one injury away with the Clippers. Uh, and you could say, hey, Oklahoma City has some issues too in terms of the depth. They don't have any size. Uh, it'll come right down to the wire. I Look, I think it's very important because the team, like team you didn't mention, Denver here, That's to me that's the team that's the question right. where this little – this this malaise is this are they not as good as last year or is this just normal where we see this with a team that wins a championship we've seen this with the Warriors with LeBron's Lakers or LeBron's Cavs hell we've seen this with the Chiefs do these teams do they just win a championship and they pace themselves so there's been some warning signs they haven't looked as good it'll be interesting to see do they have another gear once the playoffs start thing is though like as good as Denver might be and they might be playing possum I definitely think there's something to that you don't want to put yourself where you're like a four seed and you look up round one and you have Durant and the Suns on the mm-hmm. other side and then you have to play the one uh the best way to beat Denver is to not have to go to game seven in Denver I know they didn't have to deal with that last year they just ran through the playoffs but to not only have to not go to Denver but get get a game seven in your own building as opposed to Denver if you're the Clippers you know the the Thunder the Timberwolves so to me, the that Denver is interesting to watch. Do you think they're not as good as last year? Do you think they're playing possum? You think somewhere in between? Well, I think uh, look, uh, uh, Bruce Brown is kind of like their uh, their good ace point. defender off the bench, and he and he's not there anymore. Uh, Jokic has still been very good. Jamal Murray has been excellent, and uh, you know, I I think Denver. You know, when you win a championship, well, I kind of think that all of a sudden there's not that urgency where it's like, okay, we got to get the home court advantage. You know, you have the confidence that you can beat anybody, anytime, anywhere. And uh, I think Denver has that. I think to your point though, you look, you'd rather not play Phoenix in the first round. You'd rather play a younger team like the Pelicans or a Dallas team that clearly does not have any size down low, you know, a very small team, uh, shoot a bunch of threes, let Luca and Kyrie do what they do. But that, that's, what's interesting is it because you got good teams that are that are in this play and uh, of course the Pelicans are at six Dallas right now at seven Sacramento eight Lakers nine Golden State ten Lakers and Golden State by the way will play uh, when we resume action on Thursday uh, we'll see if LeBron is going to go LeBron was pretty uh, was all was in denial and they put him on a spot and asked him about it what about the trade to Golden State he goes first I heard of it oh, do man. you believe Who's the King kidding? will I believe him about as much as when he said. You know, when it's time to retire, I'm not sure if I'll go the Duncan route or if I'll take a retirement tour. That's about as much as I believe him. Uh, look, <laughs> he's a great player. I don't know. He's like one of the greats of all time. I don't always believe everything he says. Uh, this would be one of those cases. But how about that as a play in 9-10? I mean, that's, you know, can one of those teams make a run? I don't think either's a, a title contender, but can one of those teams you know, win a round, win two? They got a long way to go out of the play-in, but... Uh, I'm sure the league would love that, whether it's LeBron, whether it's Curry. Those are big-name brands. But, I mean, if it stays 9-10 and there's a, there is isn't a little gap there, and that's the thing, like the plan kind of gets lumped together. There's a major difference between 7-8 and eight and 9-10. and 10. And if you got to come out of the 9-10, first of all, Golden State and L.A., who have both played a little better before the break, one of them's going to knock off the other and just knock them out right to begin with. 
Uh, but I'm sure the league would like to see one of them make a run. Again, I don't think either of them are title contenders. But I don't know. Let me ask you if, you, if I told you right now the Lakers are going to make a run or the Warriors are going to make a run, which which team is more likely to make a Western Conference Finals, which I think is like the, the absolute peak for either of these teams? I want to say the Warriors just because I think uh, they finally have found that third scorer perhaps with Jonathan Kuminga. They've been waiting for one of these young guys to step up, and, and he finally has uh, – I have questions about the depth, even though they got GP2, uh, uh, the mitten, as I call him. Of course, his daddy being the glove, but got him back. That's going to help defensively. Uh, and, you know, some young guys giving him some contributions off the bench. Uh, Pods, Brandon Podjemski, uh, has been a, a couple games, has been a pretty big time scorer, but a nice guard off the bench. So I'd say Warriors over the like Lakers. If, if, if it's if it is the 910 though hopefully it's like the game I think it might have been three weeks ago in primetime on Saturday where they went into oh, overtime yeah. uh to one of the better games of the season and it's like man these teams are big brands but they are nine and ten in the west right now right. so uh look the clippers have been rolling uh I'm hesitant to buy it into them now because now I think the value has been extracted out of them, but the, but they certainly have been good, and 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 they're very deep, and they have size down low with Zubac, and of course Plumley, Daniel Tice, uh, who they got uh, on on a buyout contract buyout earlier in the season. So uh, the Timberwolves and the Thunder, though, I think are going to be the tryhards because I think you know when you're inexperienced, even though you're young and talented, you want that one or two seed. So uh, be interesting to see how that shaked out. Meanwhile, the East and I think. Go ahead. I was well. just saying, it just and go back to the Lakers. Like the th- the scary thing, if you're the Lakers, like they made a run last year. You can you can have that in the back of your head and say, hey, they were in this spot last year. They made a run. LeBron and AD are, are healthy this year. Usually, those one of them's missed 20, 30 games. They're piecing the team together. Then when they get their guys healthy and they say, hey, we can make a run. Those guys are usually good for an injury a year, if not more. They haven't had that injury, and they're still lingering around the plane. So that's the scary thing for uh, for the Lakers. Yeah, certainly, I think a lot more depth uh, in the West, and uh, a lot of a, a lot. I think uh, going to be a lot more movement, uh, really there one through ten. But uh, uh, we'll see if we're going to get that in the East, though. Well, the East has looked uh, pretty clear cut, and we've got uh, a team up by six games right now, and that's the Boston Celtics. Cleveland, by the way, uh, has moved up into the two seed, uh, six back. Milwaukee, three back. Uh, boy, Milwaukee. Who knows what this team what, what this team is going to yeah. be? They have struggled with Doc Rivers. He came out and said, "Yeah, I want to take over after the All Star break." Uh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. You go ahead and coach Adrian Griffin, and then we'll fire you, and then uh, we'll take over after the break. But Will, we kind of thought that the big three in the East uh, at the beginning of the season were going to be Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia in whatever order. But Philadelphia now down to the five. Uh, you know, whenever Joel Embiid is going to come back for the playoff stretch, but. You're gonna see. I, I, I just. You're gonna see a little bit of a weird order here. I think that that team in number one is gonna stay number one uh, uh, for the rest of the season. I know that they can throw in some clunker efforts here and there, but if I'm looking at the real tryhard teams that I might want to bet on game to game here, I think the Pacers clearly are a tryhard. Now they got to be healthy and. Halliburton and Siakam still getting used to each other. So if they're at full strength, this can be a dangerous team offensively. Not the best defensively, but they can outscore a lot of teams. Uh, And I want to ask you about the Knicks. Are they a team that you're looking to bet on? I don't want to say second half of the season because, you know, we've only got about 25 games. But are they a team you're looking to bet on despite the fact they've had some injuries lately? 
they got to get healthy. Um, you know, they were everybody's darling when they made that trade at, at the, the deadline for Bogdanovich throwing Ananobi, but they got to get these guys back. I mean, Ananobi's been hurt. Randall's been hurt. I think, look, they're a good story. Brunson's a good story. I was wrong about him. I was like, man, you can give that guy all that money. He's never made an all-star team. Dead wrong. He's a tremendous player. New York loves him. Everyone loves him. I still think the ceiling for them would probably be like an Eastern Conference Finals. I just can't see him being the best player on a title team, a finals team. So they could win around. They could certainly win, too. They'll have a huge home court advantage. The Garden uh, in, in the playoffs will be a very hard place for visitors to win. I'd love a Knicks-Bucks Eastern Conference Finals. How much fun would that be? But let's face it. I mean, this is set up perfectly for the Celtics to go to the finals. The Bucks are a disaster. I know they got Dame. I know they got Giannis. It'd be it's hard to see a team making the finals that's had as many issues as they had, whether it's the coach, the defense. Seems like there's some chemistry stuff. The rest of the roster isn't great. To me, this is really set up here for the Celtics. There, there's a red carpet laid out for them to go to a finals. Now, winning a championship is a different thing, but it would be a bitter disappointment if Boston is not the last team standing here uh, in the finals in June. Yeah, how about a, maybe a Pacers-Bucks first round 4-5? That's kind of an emerging yeah. rivalry here. We certainly saw that last night as uh, uh, Dame time uh, was booed uh, by the Gamebridge Fieldhouse crowd, and we, of course, remember what happened here in the in-season tournament. Tyrese yep. hit the big shot to knock out the Bucks. He goes, I know what time it is, pointing at the watch, uh, yep. which is that uh, and then you have Philly, who's probably going to come out of a play-in. If they get Embiid back at the right time, they're going to be like a nasty like 6-7 seed mm-hmm. for somebody, possibly. So, really fascinating race. And then the uh, Nets trying to get back into the play-in. Of course, uh, they relieved their coach, Jock Vaughn, today as uh, uh, Brooklyn going to try to uh, get in the playoffs. Kevin Ollie, by the way, the interim for the rest of the season. But come on back here to VSIN tonight. More NBA, more college hoops on the way. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. This 
is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit $5 and get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app and use the promo code VSIN, B S I N, when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Back here on Beeson tonight, Wes Reynolds and Will Hill on a Monday night here for you. Uh, uh, Matt Humans will be back tomorrow. Matt's going to be doing a day-night doubleheader uh, tomorrow because he's doing Follow the Money with uh, Super Dave Ross uh, in for Mitch and Paul. I believe they're back on Wednesday on Follow the Money. And then uh, we'll be right back here with me tomorrow night. By the way, you're, you're listening to us and watching us in our new time slot. That's 8 to 11 Pacific, so 11 to 2 live on the East Coast, but this show will re-air at 4 to 7 Eastern uh, for the early risers that maybe can't stay up late live, but you're getting ready to watch Mitch and Paul, watch Follow the Money, get up. It is fresh content because you haven't seen it overnight, so uh, this uh, program, Visa tonight, will air at 4 to 7 a.m. on the East Coast, so uh, stay tuned for it's that. It's so good they got to play it twice. I mean, it's just absolutely, something. Absolutely, man. Just, it's like absolutely. the buffets in Vegas. You got to go up for one more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we'll be looking ahead. We'll be breaking down college basketball. We're going to do that, actually, in the hours number two and three of the show. But, uh, Will, let's, uh, let, Will, let's stay in the NBA and uh, kind of talk about if, if anything like in, in the futures market. Look, it, it's tough for me to get involved when there's about 25 games, you know, unless you've got, like, your portfolio established of anything uh, NBA futures-wise. But did you see anything either from a championship standpoint or in the West or the East that maybe caught your interest? Not really. I do think Kawhi is live for this award. If he can get back healthy, stay healthy. And he played in the All-Star game. So that adductor strain he missed the game Wednesday with, I don't think is a major issue. I think he probably just want a little load management, but they're a little sensitive to the load management term because they're like the inventors of it. Um, or, or the, at least the biggest culprits of it, the Clippers are. Popovich is the inventor of it. I do think, like, Jokic is the best player. He's the rightful favorite. I do think that price is a little short on him. Um, that team might be a four seed like we talked about. I still think there's some people with some hes- hesitance, some voters with some hesitance to give him a third MVP trophy. We saw that last year where he was the best player, I thought, and didn't win it. Kawhi, people like him. Uh, aside from the load management stuff, people do like him. People like his game, I think. That he is what? Let's see, seventy to one at DraftKings. Right. Like if you got a free bet, if you got a little loose change in your account, there's a path. At seventy to one, you're just looking for a path. If that Clippers team, like we're talking about, they could be the one seed. You know, he's not going to have the points per game. He's not going to have the sheer volume. But he, you know, you listen to some of the NBA podcasts with the voters, like, hey, he's defending at an MVP level. That straw poll was pretty favorable to him. At seventy to one, you're just looking for a path. I think I do think there's a path for Kawhi. Yeah, because look, I I can't bet SGA at just over two dollars, even though there's going to be some support for him if they clinch the number one seed. It's like, hey, this guy has officially arrived, and you know has a has a really good shot, obviously, at the uh, scoring title uh, uh, so far this year, uh, especially uh, any thirty one point one. So yeah, he'd have to really have some big games to surpass Luca or Embiid for the scoring title. But based on with the box, I think Giannis at eight to one. That's kind of dead money. Uh, if you're looking at it, he's won it before. So, you know, Luca's not winning. No, I, I don't. I don't think so either. Uh, Luca had the funny tweet last night where he heaved it from half court and then said two for one analytics. Uh, so uh, 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 Luca having a little fun there. Jason Tatum is always like, man, there's a case to be made and they're going to be probably the number one seed in the East. But he just never like gets it. 
He's uh, always at this price at 20 to 1 or 25 yes. to 1 and just never never gets there but uh I feel like he's going to finish top 5 like 7 times in his yeah. career but there's a he might just never win it cuz he's always going to be like the fifth or sixth best player. He's just not the best player in the league. He's not right. a dominant player. He's a good player. He's a really good player. And because so, he, he has more of a supporting cast cuz some nights it's not him. Some yeah. nights it's Jalen yeah. Brown that carries the team. Some nights it's Porzingis uh that carries the team. So because of that, he probably does get overlooked. And then, you know, you did, I just can't put him above Jokic or Giannis or if right. Embiid were eligible here, which he's obviously not due to the 65-game uh, 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 minimum in terms of play. So, yeah, I think, you know, if you're not going with the favorite here, Kawhi at 70-1, to 1, that does surprise me that he's that he's that high. I thought That's, that's uh, all he, it is for me. I don't think he's going to win. If Like, I don't think he's going to win, but uh, I just don't think he should be 70-1. to 1. And, like he's only got a few guys to pass, and like we said, I, I think a couple of those guys are dead money. Like Luca's team doesn't win enough for him to win it. Mm-hmm. Giannis, there's too many bad vibes around that team. I can't see him winning it for a third time. Jokic has already won this award twice. Shea, like here's the thing: the Clippers do have to get the one seed. But if they get the one seed, with the way he's playing defense, um, he's he's never won this before. I know there was a lot of sentiment in 2017. I remember when Westbrook won because of the triple doubles, and his team was like a six seed. A lot of people thought Kawhi should have gotten it that year. So maybe he gets a little lifetime achievement award again. I just don't think it should be 70 to one. Yeah. Our, our pal Doug Kazarian uh, was on this program last week, making a little bit of a case for Kawhi. Uh, certainly I'm guessing John Von Tobel is also doing that on uh, hardwood handicappers, which you can uh, get at beeson.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. So we'll plug uh, that here's, fine program. Go ahead. Will. Here's the other thing too, like a, a lesson from the NFL awards. Stefanski was like 80 to one in week 13 to win coach of the year. Flacco was like a billion to one. Of course, not in the league, but Flacco had huge numbers late in December, middle of December. Uh, Who else? Lamar, I think, was 15 to one with like a month to play. These numbers are not always reflective. These numbers are not always accurate. You can get some fat prices late in the year. I think there's this perception that, oh, he's the favorite with 30 games to win. He's automatically going to win. A lot can change. These things are very sensitive. They're very narrative driven. So, Taking a big price, um, you know, with uh, what, a third of the season, something like that, to go, I, I don't think is the a bad idea. Just in general, uh, and something to keep in mind next year for like NFL MVP, be like, hey, Purdy's minus two hundred, he's automatically going to win. No, he's not. Like these things, we see crazy things with these awards. Yeah, and well, I was going to ask you about that. Do you think that that's more NFL specific? Because obviously, you have you have less games. Yeah, and, you know, you're not playing seven days a week. So when something happens, the market is going to really react and maybe more so than like Major League Baseball or the NBA. But you follow this awards market a little bit closer than I do and certainly more involved. Do you feel like there's like the seismic movement in NBA or MLB and a lot of these daily sports? For NBA, not as much as NFL for the reasons you mentioned. There's just fewer games here dealing with a 17-game schedule as opposed to 82 but I do think there's the same concept where it's narrative driven, uh, a bad week, a hot week can shift things. And there's a, what's the term? It's an echo chamber where yes. one, one voter makes a case. Oh, Kawhi's doing this. And yeah, he's right. Kawhi's doing this. Then, you know, three other people start to uh, think it's Kawhi. So there's a lot of group think with this. So I do think the same philosophy applies. Or if you get a major media figure or talking head or pundit that uh, craps on a player like uh, Shohei Otani uh, last year, and then there's almost like the rebellion against that pundit where it's like, hey, no, I pay my money to see him. I don't care that he's, you know, from a different country or anything like that. So uh, uh, we shall see, uh, of course. uh, uh, 
We will get to some Major League Baseball in the second hour as we're starting to get season wins released market-wide and uh, a lot of the futures, I believe. Uh, I saw uh, the future uh, Las Vegas A's, uh, currently the Oakland A's. Who knows, who knows at this point if they're going to be the future A's, that they had the lowest season win total ever, I believe, uh, in terms of uh, betting. Uh, so we'll get to that later. But, uh, uh, Will, going back to the teams here in the NBA, anybody that you think in the West or the East, a little bit down the board, or does it seem like in the East that it's Boston and then pretty much everybody else? Because now the West seems a little bit more condensed and a little bit closer than the East right now. It does. I'm just going through the board here. I, I don't think they're doing you. I, I don't think they're giving any money away here. No. Like, even if like, Hey, Oh, the Lakers are in a play and you can, you know, I can get a fat price on them. Eh, you're getting 30 to one. I mean, it's not great. And and you'd um, and you'd be and you're probably getting less out here in Las Vegas, by the way, if you're right, betting that. Exactly, exactly. I mean, if you think Embiid can come back and be healthy, twenty five to one on Philly. But again, that's that's quite the uh, quite the needle to thread with. Hey, he's got to come back in the perfect time, get in shape, which has been an issue for him, like off these injuries, getting in shape. Then, uh, you know, whatever seed they're in, dealing with that. So, I don't know. Do you? If I gave you a hundred dollar bet, a hundred you know, hundred dollar free bet to win the championship or to win a, a future in some terms, w- w- how would you use it? Yeah. I mean, not, you know, if I want to bet somebody that I actually think has a chance to win, right. tough to go, tough to go below, uh, maybe tough to go below the, uh, the Clippers at, at five to one. I mean, I can do a Homer bet on the Pacers, but they're, they're a year away at least. I think, uh, you know, and that's a team that I think has got to really be a try hard second half of the season to try to get in that top four to at least get home court. Because keep in mind, you know, Tyrese Halliburton's a superstar, but he's not Reggie Miller yet. He never uh, won a playoff series, never even been in a playoff series with this organization. So, look, the Clippers, uh, the value's extracted, but but they look like the team, at least, that has been on the move. So far, it has worked. The early returns with the, with the beard, with Harden after the trade, weren't good. But they've started to make a way. But like you said earlier, they're always an injury away. So you never really can go all in with the Clippers. Like uh, Matt said, Matt Eumann's a proud Purdue graduate says the Clippers are the Purdue of the NBA. So uh, we shall see, uh, but we shall see you on the other side and starting out hour number two, we're going to break down some of the college basketball card on Tuesday. So stay right here with VSIN tonight. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max.